there was revolutionary communists that showed up to the meeting to speak in opposition to the parental um, notification policy. Welcome to Coffee, Culture, and the Capital with Sophia and Greg. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode. We have so much to talk to you all about from the attorney general trying to sue some school boards and the school board members seem to be carrying on and doing the right thing anyways. We'll touch on that. We'll touch on some crazy things going on at school board meetings. We're going to touch on a Protect Girls Sports and Spaces initiative that is gaining momentum as well as some crazy things that Senator Scott Wiener and the other legislators have been doing this week. Sounds good. I'm excited. Yes. And we're separated, which is sad, but we are, uh, you are remote from where I am up here in Sacramento, but I did bring my coffee. It's homemade. Um, I'm not sure what you got there, but. Yes. Well, what, what kind of coffee did you do? Are you just plain black coffee or? I put a little vanilla and cinnamon in mine. There you and go. And cream and Truvia. <laughs> so lots of things. Well, I have a cold brew from a little mom and pop coffee shop down the road from where I'm at. And it's a cold brew with almond milk and vanilla. All right. Oh, all right. Well, let's dive into it, Greg. Why don't you kind of, well, we'll talk about the whole women's sports thing first. Yeah, let's do that. Cause you were on a national news program, uh, was it Fox and Friends? I believe yes. it's called Fox and Friends. So Fox and Friends wow. is the morning show that Fox does, and they do it around 5 a.m. East Coast time. So that was 2 a.m. California time this morning. But I'll just go ahead and roll the clip, and then we can chat about it. Parents' rights and education, and now it's transgender athletes and women's sports. Only 26% of respondents in a new Gallup poll say people should be allowed to play on the team that matches their gender identity, while 69% want them to be limited to teams matching their biological gender, and that number has only gone up over the past two years. Sophia Laurie is a 23-year-old activist and former college athlete, and she joins me now. Sophia, good morning to you. What do you think of these numbers yeah i think they are incredible numbers and we're seeing even here in california where i'm from that 64 percent of california voters do believe that you should play on your sport teams based off your biological sex yeah you know i think it's hard to get 70 percent of people in this country to agree on just about anything uh but that's what's going on here Se about 70 percent believe that uh, women's sports should only include biological women. The Biden administration's position is different. They think that there is a place for biological boys in women's sports. So do you think that this polling could possibly change their stance? I do believe it could potentially make an impact, but we did just hear the White House press secretary say it's a complicated issue. 
although it's common sense, it's not complicated that men should not be in women's sports. Yeah, well, he, uh, the president ran as a moderate candidate, uh, but on this one, he's not taking the moderate stance. And if you look at the numbers even further, I thought this was really interesting. 93% of Republicans, which shouldn't come as a surprise, but 48% of Democrats, nearly half of Democrats, and 67% of independents believe transgender athletes should only play on the sports team that matches their biological gender. So a pretty interesting breakdown there. Uh, over in California, mm -hmm. where you live, there's a ballot initiative that you're hoping passes called the Protect Girls Sports and Spaces Act. Tell us about it and your expectations of it possibly passing. Well, for any initiative to pass, it takes lots of volunteer time and it takes lots of money. We're going to need about 550,000 valid signatures. We're going to have six months to do it. But I think it's a winning issue. We have parents extremely upset here in California that men are in girls' bathrooms and girls' locker rooms and on girls' sports teams. So it's now just about getting the message out. And the rest of the nation needs to come in and support this as well, because we know as California goes, so does the nation. Yeah, that is true. You know, I think it's also interesting that this issue garners more passion and sometimes aggression than just about any other issue out there. And yet you look at how there is overwhelming support for one stance, which is keeping biological women in women's sports. Where is all that anger coming from? I think it's coming from the fact that men are taking over women's spaces, women's protected and private spaces. You know, stats show here in the United States about one in six women have been sexually abused in their lifetimes, and now we're supposed to stay silent when men are in our locker rooms and changing next to us. People are upset, and people are making their voices heard on this. Sophia, tell us your story and why you decided to speak out. Yeah, I was a college soccer player at Vanguard University in Southern California, and college soccer was all I wanted to do when I was a 10-year-old girl. And my heart breaks that current 10-year-old girls cannot achieve the same dreams that I had because men are taking their spots, and that's why I feel passionate to speak out against this. Sophia, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We appreciate it. You are a pro. That's all I got to say. Oh, no. no. <laughs> That was fabulous. That was your first. Well, that's the second time you've been on national news, yes. uh, or maybe there's been others. I'm losing track. But uh, <laughs> hey, is, is that just incredible that that many people are on our side on this issue? Um, you know, and yet the politicians are running the other direction. Yeah, you know, I think especially with this issue, I think there's even more people on our side that the numbers are even showing. They just haven't become aware of what's happening yet. I think anyone with any ounce of common sense, if they hear that there's men changing next to women in locker rooms or on sports teams and stuff like that, they know that this is reality of what's happening. I think they stand on the same side of us. So I think the more the word about this gets out and people become informed, I think we're just going to see that percentage grow, honestly. I think you're right. I think why are we separating women's and sports anyway, right? We do it because we know men and women bodies are different, and that's why it's not fair that you put them both on the same teams. So it makes no sense to start letting men's bodies onto women's sports. It, it just, I think finally people are waking up. So, yeah. 
Yes. And I'm going to touch on that real quick and then we'll go on to the rest of the stuff we got planned for everyone. But like you said, men and women, we are so different. And, um, you know, there's so many different sports organizations from CIF, which is the governing body of sports here for high school sports in California. Then in college, we see multiple different divisions, but NCAA and NAIA are the two most well-known divisions and bigger divisions we see. And they all kind of have their individual policies. They all have incorrect policies that um, allow for people to play based off their gender identity. But I was looking into the NAIA policy because that's the division I played in for college. And they're almost right there. They almost have it right. They say that if you are a male and you choose to identify as a female, you have to play on the sports team based off of your biological sex. So I was like, that's amazing. But if you are a male on cross-sex hormones and you've been on cross-sex hormones for a year, then you're allowed to play on the female sports teams. And a lot of people are saying, yeah, how do you refute that? How do you argue with that? If the male's been taking these cross-sex hormones, shouldn't they then be allowed to play on the female sports teams? But it's important to look at the fact that even like how our bodies are built. So first of all, the size of the heart and lungs of males are bigger than females. So they have a better anaerobic capacity, which allows for them to run a little farther, run a little faster than females do. That doesn't change when cross-sex hormones are taken as well as we see that um, even the way that we're built. So males and females, um, pelvises, pelvises, we have a different angle that we're at, as well as um, a different length, which allows for men to pedal faster and run faster. And that doesn't change from cross-sex hormones. So there's all these different things that don't change. And so definitely do your research into that. If you're listening and trying to figure out how to refute that argument, there's plenty of arguments that prove that no matter how many years they've been across sex hormones, we're still so biologically different. Great arguments. Yes. All right. So, Greg, you want to kind of – we've been talking about school board stuff on the past couple episodes. And you want to kind of dive into some updates on that? Yeah, so I do know that uh, we've been with a bunch of other parental rights groups uh, and Assemblyman Bill Asaley. We've been pushing and encouraging local school districts to pass something called a parent notification policy – this covers a bunch of things. Uh, it covers bullying. It covers fights. It covers when your kid gets injured. Parents should be notified. But it also covers if a kid has asked to be treated as a different sex. They've asked for a different name. They've asked for different pronouns. They've publicly announced it at school. The parents should be notified. That's it. Parents should be notified. So with parent notification policies, the state government is very much against this. And so, but we have now six different school districts who have passed these local policies. Our attorney general, Rob Bonta, is very upset with us and he has filed a lawsuit uh, in Chino Valley. Chino Valley was the first school district to pass the policy. So they got a, a lawsuit filed against them. So Bonta has been everywhere talking about how parents don't have parental rights like they thought they did. They say five-year-olds, young kids have privacy rights from their own parents. And this is guaranteed in the California Constitution because California Constitution protects privacy. And he thinks that means five-year-olds have privacy from their parents. That's nuts. It's crazy. It's never, ever been interpreted that way. But that is what they're pushing and they're not giving up. They are not. And so we want to show you all a clip of something Attorney General Rob Bonta had to say about 
originally what Sonia Shaw and Chino Valley Unified did, and now it kind of relates to what the other school boards that are passing this did. It's, uh, Chino Valley Unified to school board, Sonia Shaw, they see it differently. She says this is an example of, as she puts it, government overreach. She says you're using taxpayer dollars to, as she puts it, a shut parents out of their children's lives. She said, we will stand our ground and protect our children with all we can because we are not breaking the law. She goes on to say that parents have a constitutional right in the upbringing of their children, period. Is she wrong? She's wrong. A remarkable statement made by someone who is, has taken an action um, boldly to hurt children, to violate their rights. So that, that little statement, you got to think about it. What does Sonia say? That, that parents have a constitutional right in the upbringing of their own children, right? And then he goes, is, is she right? And he goes, no, she's not right. She, so he is saying we don't have the right, a constitutional right to raise our kids in our own values. That's a credible statement. And, and, and he thinks it's harmful if we, we you give parents the rights to decide about their, their upbringing, the beliefs they have. I mean, that is, that is tyrannical and this must be resisted. Every parent must be really alarmed by what he just said. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he went and sued Chino Valley, and now he's threatening potentially suing Rockland School Board. And everyone's thinking, okay, he's suing. Don't these school boards, shouldn't they stop what's going on? And that's exactly why he's suing. The policy Chino Valley passed is legally sound, and that's going to come out with this lawsuit. But the thing is, is I think he's smart enough to realize legally he might be wrong. I think he's also smart enough to realize that lawsuits tend to take a while. And if he can do this and scare other school boards from not passing the policy, then he's achieved his goal of slowing this down. But Greg, is that what we're seeing happening? Is this slowing down? Are school boards fearing away from this? Well, uh, as you can see, uh, this last week we had two more school boards, one in Rockland and one last night in Orange, pass the policy anyway. Um, there, I was talking to another school board in the Central Valley, and they're thinking about doing it too. So I hope that school boards will stand up for what they know to be right. And that means defending the rights of parents to be involved in the lives of their kids. Exactly. They should never be doing secrets. Uh, they should never be excluding parents from the lives of their kids. And we should resist this with all our efforts. 100%. And like you said, two school boards passed this week, the first being um, Rockland Unified School District. And after that passed, one of the attorneys um, here in California, he's a constitutional attorney, Dean Broyles, and yourself, you guys were both interviewed. So let's kind of play that because you guys both give great explanations to what's happening. Motion passes. Rockland Unified's decision in a four to one vote for the change, not the first. California Attorney General Rob Bonta filing a lawsuit against Chino Valley Unified that adopted a similar policy. Bonta now responding to Rockland in a statement that reads in part, Rockland Unified has chosen to endanger their civil rights by adopting a policy that forcibly outs them without consideration of their safety and well-being. We will not tolerate any policy that perpetuates discrimination, 
harassment, or exclusion within our educational institutions. So who will win the legal battle? School boards or the state? Civil rights attorneys stand divided. The question should be, what right uh, does a state have to infringe upon parental rights by keeping secrets and hiding information from them. Attorney Dean Broyles supports the notification policy, saying the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment protects parents' rights. The school doesn't notify the parent to let them know that Bob is dating Tina. But other civil rights attorneys like Justin Ward saying students have privacy rights under that same amendment. If they want to know, they need to have that conversation with their child. Passion on both sides of the policy. Well, I don't think anyone has ever conceived that a five-year-old has privacy rights from their own parents. Yeah, and just, just you know, I think I was trying to come up with a, uh, a point that is so obvious that everybody could agree with, right? If you have a five-year-old, Five-year-olds need a lot of parental input and protection and guidance. No one would ever think, you know, parents need to stay out of their lives because they've got some privacy that they need, right? <laughs> no, they're not old enough to handle privacy. But I also wanted to respond to that other attorney. He said, you know, schools don't report on dating, right? If, if somebody was dating, well, generally they don't. But you know what? They could. You know, if, if you had a teacher who was concerned that your daughter you know, happened to be dating this guy that was much older than her. Can a, can a teacher like let parents know? Sure they can. There's no constitutional right to privacy. If a, a, a teacher thinks that a kid might be dating someone who's dangerous, right? So anyway. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of we've been watching the school board meetings and a lot of people that disagree with the policy, they're, they keep saying, well, if you were a good parent or if your child trusted you, you would already know that they were identifying as a different gender or changing their name and different things like that. And I just think that's such a false statement to make. I mean, I know with myself growing up, when I would get home from school and my parents would pick me up, they'd say, how was your day at school? And because of my personality, I would sit there for an hour and tell them every, this is what happened and I did this and did that and blah, blah, blah. But I also have brothers. And they would say, how was your day at school, boys? good and that's all they would get out of them it's not because they don't love my parents they don't trust my parents things like that like kids have different personalities and it's just the fact that when again when I was in high school if my mom were to be like oh Sophia do you like a boy at 15 years old like yeah I probably did have a crush on someone but I'd be like no because those are you're just young you're uncomfortable like those things just feel weird to share with your parents sometimes and I love my parents so it doesn't have to do with they're not great parents. It, it just different kids have different personalities on the things they say to their parents. Well, not only that, but we have a case uh, in uh, Monterey where a, a parent found out that their six-year-old daughter, uh, sixth-grade-year-old, uh, she was in sixth grade. She went started going to the Equality Club at the school, and the teachers recruited her to come. And then they started telling her about all kinds of stuff about transgenderism and bisexuality. And she got convinced that she was really a boy. And they, but then they started giving her all this information about how she could keep that secret from the parents. And it's not good to tell your, your mom if she's not going to be all on board. So they kept the whole thing secret from her. And she eventually found out and she ended up suing them. And she won $100,000, right? 
so we shouldn't be around always trusting schools and and parent and these teachers to be doing what's best for kids and you know they should be never they should never be telling kids to keep anything secret from their parents exactly and just on a last note on that greg i mean I was in high school less than 10 years ago. Like I am very much closer to high schoolers than I am at like older adults. But I mean, I remember as a little kid, as a four and five year old, my parents would say, if someone as an adult tells you that you can't tell us something, if they tell you something, you're not allowed to tell us if they do something to you and they say, but don't tell your mommy and daddy, the first thing you need to do is come tell us. And that's because of a protection thing. I mean, I think it's so normal to tell children that if, someone, if an adult comes up to you and says, but don't tell your mommy and daddy I did that, or don't tell your mommy and daddy this, like, no, go tell your parents. And I think that's something most parents teach their children. And now all of a sudden, school teachers are, no, no, don't tell your parents. That's not what's best. It's just so upside down. Now it's being confirmed by the attorney general that, that this policy threatens the lives of kids. So, so parents are now a da- are dangerous, mm-hmm. right? It's 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 so awful that now the our our big our statewide leaders are now pitting trying to pit our kids against their own parents. It's it's, I mean, it's so upsetting. It is, but we have the second school board that passed it this week, Orange Unified, and That's that right. was just last night. Plenty of people showed up. Seemed to me like there was a lot more people there speaking in support than opposition. So we have two support videos we're going to show you all and one opposition. So the first support one is Nicole Pearson. She is an attorney and she is from the Orange area, like Orange County area. So she went to go speak and let's check out what she had to say. Nicole Pearson, mother, attorney, and founder of Facts Law Truth Justice, esteemed board Courage is contagious. In the last 24 hours, the California legislature has passed not one, not two, but four bills that are designed to remove children from their homes and into government systems where adults can have private conversations with them. And everyone, and I mean everyone, from the school bus driver to the cafeteria lady, will have knowledge about that child's gender confusion, about their stress or anxiety, their depression, except parents. The children are out. There is no more privacy. This is not an outing policy. This is a parental notification policy. At the same time, we have the Attorney General Rob Bonta waging an unsubstantiated war, a lawsuit against Chino Valley Unified School District that will fail. The TRO that was issued just the other day is simply that. It is a temporary order to maintain the status quo until a final decision is reached, and that decision will be the policy's legal, constitutional, and necessary to protect children. Do the right thing. Vote this policy in. Thank you. Well, she killed that. She nailed everything. Everything she said was right. Is there anything more you want to touch on what Nicole had to say, Greg? No, it just just shows that the courage is contagious, and I think that's right. Um, the more people feel confident that they're on the right side of things, uh, the more they will stand up. And they, when they really realize this is a really threat, a real threat to parental rights, I'm hoping it spreads and spreads. Exactly. And the second video we want to show you of someone speaking in support is Jessica Tapia. And if that name rings a bell, it's because, first of all, we've talked about her here on this podcast. And second of all, if you're in California, you've probably seen her. She is the teacher that was fired in Southern California because she said 
she would not lie to parents. And she said she was not going to let boys in girls' locker rooms and was fired for that. And she makes a really good point in regards to lawsuits on what she has to say. So let's check that one out. My name is Jessica Tapia, a.k.a. That Teacher. Yes, I am that SoCal teacher who was fired earlier this year for refusing to lie to parents, refusing to refer to students by something they are not, and refusing to allow biological males into the female locker room. I want to thank the members of the board who are taking a stand for truth and proposing this parental notification policy. I've supported this policy since back in March when it was introduced as AB 1314 by Bill Saley right in front of the high school I was fired from. With the recent news of Bonta's bullying, tonight I really just want to say, please don't make your decision based on fear of a lawsuit. Lawsuits are coming either way. I have served my school district with a lawsuit for not having a policy like this in place and therefore directing me to lie to parents. Yet at the same time, we're seeing the state begin to sue school districts for protecting God-given parental rights. So I urge your focus to be on just doing what is right. Fear the Lord alone. That is the only way you will have peace, wisdom, and clarity during such Thank a time. You. That boy, that was she's awesome. <laughs> yes. She's awesome. I mean, she said everything that needed to be said. She lost her own job, a person with conviction. I mean, that's what we need to stand up against this. A person with conviction that knows, has a moral compass that isn't gonna move just because those around you are saying something different. And yeah. So yeah. And I think everyone can take a great lesson from that. You need to, the times we're living in, and especially being here in the state of California, you need to figure out what your values are and learn how to stay true to them and fight for them. Because if we don't fight for our values now, we're not going to have the freedom to have them. So we need to keep fighting and keep standing up and figuring out what those values are and making them known. But as we mentioned, we did have I mean, there was obviously a quite a few people there speaking in opposition, but we wanted to show you one clip. Um, there was revolutionary communists that showed up to the meeting to speak in opposition to the parental um, notification policy. So we'll just check it out. And then if you are, if you're just listening, you can always go back to our YouTube or Facebook to watch so you can actually see what everyone looks like, see all the videos and stuff, but you'll be able to get a gist of what the communists thought based off just listening. And as part of the revolutionary communists, we actually are here to say that this policy and, and even having the discussion about changing the words in this policy and trying to reach across the aisle with fascism is, is like just completely the wrong terms. We have to, we are getting organized for a real revolution to get rid of this system, to get to a whole society and world where LGBT people are actually treated and viewed as full human beings. And, and any kind of trying to negotiate with any of these fascists in the room, on the board, is illegitimate. And any decent people who actually wants to fight for the humanity of LGBT people should be getting organized for revolution to overthrow this whole system that gave birth to this white supremacy and this male supremacy. We have a constitution after a revolution that would replace the US Constitution that would actually uphold the rights of LGBT people and not have to negotiate all of the ugly terms that are being said right now in society. So yes, there are people here that believe that we should have a revolution to overturn the U.S. Constitution. And those are the people that are against the parent notification policy that showed up last night. 
I mean, do you all know what you, she means by uh, a real revolution? They're looking towards the uh, the Soviet Union and all the violent revolutions that happened, where they Stalin and Lenin and Mao killed millions and millions of people to push in their their you know socialist society. I mean, that was chilling. I mean, the fact that she feels confident enough to talk about a, a revolution is coming, right? We're not talking about democratically electing, changing. Uh, they're, they're that was advocating violence. That's what that's what a communist revolution is. It's it's violence to get their way. And so, wow. Yeah, wow is exactly how I felt watching that. I'm watching that live. I couldn't even believe my eyes. But again, that goes back to what we were just saying. Know your values, have your values, stand for your values because the other side is. And if the other side keeps staying for our values and we remain the silent majority, we will become the minority. So we need to stand up for what's right and what's true in the protection of children. And speaking of the protection of children, it has been a crazy week in the legislative world in the Capitol because we are creeping up on the end of session. That means all the bills that we have been telling you guys about literally since December of 20 or yeah, December of 2022 and January is when we started telling you about the bills that were being introduced. These bills are now getting their final vote and they're either dying or they're being sent to Newsom's desk to be signed into law. So we're going to give you an update about some of those bills, where they're at, if there's anything you could do. But we wanted to show a quick video of what Senator Scott Weiner had to think about one of the bills, AB 1078. And I think a lot of people, they see the language of the bills on social media, whether it's from us or different groups, and they think, wow, these bills are crazy. Only thing crazier than these bills are the things that the legislators are saying during the hearings about them in support of them. So we're going to give you a quick little view of that and the truth about AB 1078 as well. And let me just make a one little yeah. comment here. Um, AB 1078, just to remind you, this is a bill that cracks down on the power that local school districts have to pick their own curriculum. And... The legislators up here, including Governor Newsom and Tony Thurman, he's a state superintendent of public instruction. They are all upset about banning books, that there are certain books that school districts are saying children shouldn't see. You know, what are these books? How, you know, who wants to ban a book? That sounds bad. Well, we're not we're talking about uh, obscenity. Obscenity does not have uh, protections of the First Amendment. It is graphic pornography. This is what is being pushed into schools and around the state. Parents have been going to school boards and just reading the books to them because they're saying, hey, these books are award-winning. Why are you trying to ban these great books of literature? Well, and so you will see that's what we're actually after, but they mischaracterize that grossly. And you'll see uh, Senator Weiner do that. So, so watch this. Um, we need to be very clear what this is, whether it's burning books or banning books. These are school boards, a government agency engaging in censorship and deciding what people are allowed to read and what they are not allowed to read. They, they're, this isn't about age appropriate. They're trying to whitewash history. They're trying to remove 
any history that they don't want people to learn about. This is the girl reading about masturbation and fantasizing about Plato's symposium where he explicitly talks about his sexual relations with child, with children boys, child boys. I thought I'd read a couple paragraphs out of the book and uh, in the spirit of transparency. Then he will lean his head down and bite my tit. Then I don't want him to rub my stomach anymore. I want him to put his hand between my legs. First, you don't know what you're seeing and you don't know what to make of the redness on his chin. It's blood. It's your blood. But why would you bleed? It's pleasure you felt, not pain. Um, I'm going to be reading a portion from a book called The Bluest Eye. It's available in multiple middle and high schools in Elk Grove Unified School District. He put his head down and nibbled at the back of her leg. His mouth trembled at the firm sweetness of the flesh. He closed his eyes, letting his fingers dig into her waist. This book is offered to kids as young as 12 in my son's school. In language targeting kids, it encourages using sex apps and performing sex acts. I quote, Perhaps the most important skill you will master as a gay or bi man is the timeless classic, the hand job. A good handy is all about the wrist action. Personally, I trust teachers and librarians who are trained professionals to curate a school library. So you heard it straight from Senator Weiner himself, a man who has no children, trusts school librarians and teachers have the best option about choosing books and all that and is ignoring what the parents want and the parents say. And I also want to note that on that clip that we put together, we chose the videos you heard, they had sexual content in them from the books that the parents were reading. We chose the least explicit parts because we know that there is sometimes younger children or people that come across our social media. It's public, it's open. And so those were the, like, take a second to think about that the clips you just heard were some of the least explicit parts from these books that are in public schools. Yeah, I mean, I've been to some of these school door meetings and it is so unbelievably horrifying what's being read that I, I plugged my ears, right? Because I did not want the images of a daughter being raped by her father or some other horrific crime described in detail in my head. It was, it's, it was horrific. And to think we're putting kids through this is just unbelievable. And, and for Senator Weiner to say that we are exaggerating, it's not about age appropriateness, right? It's so unbelievably uh, deceptive and full of lies. You know, how, how can someone say that and get away with that? I, I don't know. I mean, we are here talking about the truth. We're presenting you information that's real. And folks, you need to, you need to be deciphering, be discerning. Mm -hmm. We're telling you the truth. We are trying to encourage you to stand up for your rights. Uh, your kids' rights, you, you have an obligation to protect them. 
and your schools are no longer safe. Your libraries are no longer safe. And that's because we have let it happen. We, we just passively trusted the professionals, right? How could, you know, we don't want to be accused of, of banning a book, right? And because, you know, but, but every parent limits what their kids see. Every good parent, right? Exactly. So, in every every good school, every good teacher should be doing the same. Mm -hmm. Well, and you touched on deception, Greg, and even the language Senator Scott Weiner was using during the AB 1078 hearing, he said banning books, and no parent is trying to ban these books. These books are available in bookstores still. They're available probably online, but they do not want these books available to their children at their public school libraries, which is not banning. It's making sure there's not pornographic and obscene materials in public schools in their libraries. Again, you cannot be smoking a vape on campus. That's an issue that they're having a lot with children right now. That's not banning that. It's not allowing something that's not healthy for students on campus. Again, you cannot drink legally until you're 21 years old. Is alcohol banned? No, there's age limits on things that you can only do by a certain age. So the whole banning thing is just a way to deceive everyone on what's going on. It's really to protect children. And you heard it from parents there. Like Greg said, those are from school board meetings up and down the state. That's not just from one place. You had meetings from Northern California all the way down to Southern California in that video. But AB 1078, can you give everyone an update about where that bill is at now, Greg? Well, it's on the governor's desk. So it passed both houses overwhelmingly, I think more, more or less right along party lines. And it's now on the governor's desk. And so there's, there's a couple of other bills that we've been fighting that are also dealing with parental rights. They're also on the governor's desk, AB 665. This gives uh, kids who are 12 years and older now the uh, right to leave their home and go to a residential center uh, encouraged by any school board, any school counselor or teacher, kids can now be put in a residential center without any accusation of abuse, without any, uh, you know, uh, it used to be that you had to have a threat to your own life or limb of a kid was being threatened, then he, he could be uh, taken to uh, for uh, temporarily to a, another home, a group home. But now it's just uh, convince a little kid to leave. Uh, you know, we're talking sixth graders and the kid will disappear and parents won't have a right to stop it or even know about it. So that passed. Another bill passed, AB 957, which deals with custody. Now the this particular bill is telling judges that they must favor the parent who affirms a kid's chosen gender identity, no matter how young. So if your five-year-old gets convinced that they're really some other gender than of than their own sex than the parent who objects and really believes biology is determined determines gender that parent's going to lose custody this is despicable but here's what happened folks they are now taking your children from you the state will now take your children from you if you don't adhere to their views on gender that's what that's what they're doing um, and it's now it's just in custody cases when there's divorce, but once this gets established, you can expect it to spread and any kid who gets convinced he's another gender 
is uh, vulnerable to being taken by the state from their parents if their parents aren't on board. That's what's coming. It, it's hard to think that that's where we are, but that is where we are. Yeah, and so you might be thinking, how did all this get passed? How is all this happening? What can I do to stop it? Well, anything that's going to the governor's desk right now, you can um, call the governor's office and urge a no vote the same way you call legislators' offices, as well as, like I mentioned a little bit ago, we've been fighting against these bills since December, January, February, when these bills were being rolled out. So this didn't just happen overnight. This didn't happen in a week. We've been fighting with them. We have been posting about them. And we know so many of you have been alongside us calling your legislators making your voices heard, but we need to just keep going with that. And especially next year with next year's legislative session, we need to really make our voices heard and get prepared. So on that note, we have not publicly announced it yet. So this, I guess, is our first official announcement of it. But we are going to do a Capital 101 training, a webinar to teach you the ins and outs of the Capitol, how a bill becomes law, the legislative process, everything. So you can be so informed by next January to start making your voice heard at the beginning of the session next year. So that's going to be coming up in the near the end of October. We are going to post about it, put the link out for everyone to sign up. It's going to be a webinar, so you got to just join in from the comfort of your own home. And we're going to have Greg's going to give a great talk and explanation on it. We're going to have um, former state senator Melissa Melendez on it. So you guys are going to be able to learn so much. So stay tuned um, to our social media to hear more about that and share that with people. Because if we can get hundreds of people on that call to learn about how the Capitol works and how the legislative session works to become prepared and ready to fight even harder from day one next year, we'll be seeing a lot more wins on our side. Hey, let me also, I just want to give you an update on some of the bills that are still on our, our watch list, which you'll find on our website, that still have not been decided on. So we, there's still one more week in the legislative session. So at the end of next week, the bills either have to be voted on. Uh, if they're not voted on, then they're dead for the year. And then they'll then the governor has a couple weeks to decide whether he signs them or vetoes them. So SB 14, this is the bill that will make human trafficking of a minor a violent felony. Currently, it is not a violent felony or a, seri a serious felony, um, which means it's not a strikeable offense. So hopefully this bill does pass. This is one of the uh, bills that we we hope and we pray that will will pass. We need to be treating you know, trafficking, selling of children for sex as a serious and violent felony. So hopefully that passes. That's SB 14. Now here are some bills that we do not want to pass. AB uh, 576. This is regarding, <clears throat> and you testified against this bill. This is about chemical abortions. Currently, uh, you know, they use them up to 10 weeks, uh, 10 week old babies in the womb. They want to extend that to 11 weeks. They want the Medi California Medicaid program to pay for that, um, even though the FDA is against it. So that's up. AB5, which is a bill about indoctrinating our teachers and all things LGBT, you know, also training them how to spot parents who are not going to be affirming, right? So there'll be annual training for all of the uh, public school teachers. This bill passes. Uh, SB. 541. This is about putting condoms, making every school hand out condoms for free to all our students, including down into junior high school. Uh, you know, we have an 
I'm not sure if you all know this, but there is an epidemic STD. Uh, we have an STD epidemic here in California. All these years, they've been promoting safe sex, all to protect the health of kids, right? Uh, and it's all failed. And they've always thrown condoms at kids. You know, that, that's what will solve the problem. Give, give it, get a condom. But there are plenty of STDs that aren't solved by condoms. And so this is just another uh, pile on. So that should be resisted. Uh, another bill, AB 447. You know, currently here in California, we are banning travel, state travel to about half the states in the union because they consider those states to be passing laws against LGBT uh, folks. Most of these laws are, are regarding, uh, no, you know, keeping girl sports, girl sports, or related to uh, transgender surgeries and drugs for minors. They're banning it. Well, that gets you put on the list. Well, this particular bill gets rid of all those travel bans and instead funds a campaign, a uh, public relation campaign to promote LGBT ideology into the rest of the states. That's so that's SB 447. Um, the last one, SB 407, this is a foster care bill, which mandates that if you believe gender determines biology, you cannot be a foster pair, uh, care parent. You have to agree to be affirming of their view of gender if you have a foster care kid, even if you get an infant, you got to promise that up ahead of time. So those are just some of the bills that are up next week. Call your legislators about them. Go to our website. We have an action center to help you call your legislators. They don't know you're against these bills or for, you know, the, the bill SB 14 to end child trafficking, you know, then there's no, then they, you have no excuse uh, to complain about the state. Exactly. And that's it. That was long. Sorry. No, that was perfect. Um, but, you know, if you're kind of like, what was that bill again? What number? What am I supposed to be against? All that. Visit CaliforniaFamily.org. You will see we have our bill watch list. And you'll also see we have our action center where we give talking points and direct you to whose office to call, where the bill's at, all of that. So stay up to date on our website, as well as you can see, there's a sign up button on our website where you can sign up for our weekly newsletter. Every Monday or Tuesday, we send out a newsletter full of information on what's going on in California. Stay up to date on our social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, as well as we're posting stuff on YouTube as well. And you'll be able to keep up to date on what's going on. And lastly, we can't do this without you. So just please keep CFC in your prayers as we are praying for you all and praying for the state, as well as we're here to be your voice at the Capitol. So if you feel called to also financially donate, you can do that on our website as well. We fully, uh, we're a nonprofit, so we fully function off of donations. So we're going to continue to be your voice, but we need your support as well. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks we will see you next week. Yep. See you all then.